welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Bierman, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, as always, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, and uh, maybe for the second time in this podcast, or third, uh, my brother, Greg Veerman. Um, this episode of the podcast is going to be a little different, um, because if you don't know, maybe you do know uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, we haven't released uh, episodes in a while, but uh, my father uh, recently passed away, or our father, since my brother's here as well. Um, he passed away suddenly, um, and it's been a difficult few weeks. And I think it, I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this in the pod, and I didn't know if I was going to talk about this in the pod, but I want to talk about it because as hard as it's been, um, and as sad as it's been, ultimately our dad was like a really joyful and fun person. And, uh, maybe you've, again, like I said, seen him on our Instagram or you've heard us talk about him on this podcast, uh, which of course he's listened to every uh, episode of, um, so I just thought that it'd be good to have uh, the four of us sort of hang out, and I wanted to, to talk about uh, him and his life, because ultimately, you know, uh, what is your life other than maybe sort of the, the memories and the accumulation of uh, great times that, that you had and the people that you leave behind? Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad we're doing this, because I was not here with the band. I was on tour when Roy passed, and we haven't even had a chance to catch up. I've talked to Greg a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to to hear about how the last couple of weeks went, and also just I I, I love Roy stories because they are legendary. There are many Roy stories. There are many Roy Everyone stories. Everyone has a Roy story. <laughs> Anyone that we know has a Roy story. Yeah, and and uh, you know even being on tour and and thinking about you guys and and your dad and and telling stories to to random strangers about Roy and yeah. just, you know like for me uh, it was a comforting thing. Uh, having you in my thoughts, so but I, I, I it's it'll be much better coming from you guys because you, you know the man better than anyone and uh, can you know retell any any story better than anyone. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like I said, it's been like a it's been it's been a very difficult and surreal time uh, to go through this. You know, you get news like this and you just something little. If you've ever had to go through it, if you're listening to this, um, and I hope that you, you haven't and you don't have to for a very long time. But if, if you don't know, my brother and I also lost our mother uh, quite a few years ago. Um, so I kind of forgotten what the, the feeling was like. And so it has been sort of I, I just... It's been a very weird time, and I will say this, you know, we're so rich in friendship. So many people reached out, you know, like people called, sent messages, and I I, I hadn't really, I wasn't into picking up the phone, you know, we were going through stuff, we were going through obviously my father's home, and we, all the things that you have to do, all the sort of practical things you have to do when someone passes away, but um, it was just so great to sort of like have so many people reach out, and obviously Shane and Max, you guys were two of those guys, uh, you know, that didn't hesitate to call, um, uh, message, send really kind things. I know that Max, also you're in contact with Danica a lot about oh, yeah. what you you could do she was saying which i really did appreciate even though i didn't sort of wasn't in the space to to really talk to anybody at that at that point um but i guess what i'm trying to say is it's like greg and i are, are an extension of our dad and our dad was such a big sort of part of i think our, our our friend group and our larger friend group because you know if we're the champagne boys as we call ourselves he definitely thought of himself as a champagne <laughs> man uh and and no one loved hanging out with us you know ripping his shirt off at two in the morning uh, more than my dad and i think that like being so so lucky to have so many great friends reach out in a time like this uh, is an extension of sort of like him because we're his kids and, and obviously uh, we've been been very lucky in friendship. But yeah, I don't know. Where do you guys want to well, start? Uh, we can do it a couple different ways. Um, I feel like I'm a little behind because I, I obviously got, uh, you know, I heard about Roy through actually The Nut and Dan. They they broke the, the terrible news to me. And then I also got caught up on on the wake. Uh, it was the wake, right? Celebration. Celebration. Of life. Of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and uh, maybe we could start with just retelling uh, what you guys said uh, about Roy. And I and I just the, Dan kind of retold what you guys said about Roy. And then yeah. Greg went first. And then as he was walking off stage, he said, "Do you beat that, buddy?" <laughs> 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 which I love. Which which really says a lot about uh, the Veerman's penchant for performance <laughs> and, and and really wanting to execute a good speech. Because if you know us, you guys take no greater pride than executing, a, you know, a funny speech in, in front of a crowd. Yeah. So, so yeah. How did that go? Well, I, I guess just to go, like, to go back, because like, a lot of people were sort of asking about, like, um, you know, it's like, what, what do you do when someone passes away? And before we had the celebration of life, like, because my dad wasn't a particularly religious guy, and he didn't want like some big funeral or something like that. Um, but 
our Oma, like our grandma, his mother, she is, you know, she's a very religious woman. She prays for us all every night and that is greatly appreciated. And although Greg and I lost the dad, you know, she lost a son and that's really hard. And so before we had the celebration of life, we had um, a, a private service um, for immediate family so that we could all sort of see my dad and say goodbye. And he was in his suit and uh, we cremated him with his, his uh, beloved Dallas Cowboys jersey oh, wow. and the uh, Netherlands uh, national team flag. Yeah, the uh, scarf. The scarf, that yeah, was what it was. That's cool. So hanging we, in his basement all these years. It was, yeah, the one hanging in his basement. So we took some of his, his most beloved things and sent it on. And he, his, one of his best friends in the world was his dog, his beloved dog, really a third child, Dallas, <laughs> uh, the namesake. Um, Dallas is now uh, living with our, our Uncle Frank mm-hmm. and Oma. And that dog is eating like a king now because <laughs> Uncle Frank literally makes steaks for that dog every like every treat you right yeah. uh, he's obsessed she, she settled in nicely she's doing alright yeah so so if, if you know I know a lot of people listen to this including a lot of people who were who, who, you know loved our dad and was friends with them so just so you know Dallas is in a good place and uh, that, that was what we did for for immediate family and then uh, we decided to have a celebration of life um, for our dad because uh, I think Roy Boy would have wanted a party and not like a somber affair um, so yeah I don't know would, yeah would, well he's like a I don't know. Everyone here party with him. He's a fun guy, and he would have wanted to. Yeah. No one celebrated life more. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's true. No. So doing a big celebration just seemed to make the most sense, and we got a nice place. Went down to Spice Factory in Hamilton, and we're like, oh, we'll see. Like this will be good. At least like our like for friends. And our dad like had a whole aside from much how he liked to party with us. Like you know he had his work friends, and he was out a lot, and like he just had a bunch of friends in the city that. We didn't really know about, so we kind of rented this place, Spice Factory, thinking, well, at least between our friends and their partners and everything, it'll be 45 people, it'll be great. But then, like, there was, like, like over 100 people there. My dad had so many goddamn friends come out, like, all his Seriously. work friends, all, like, old, like, friends from grade school were there. We, like, like, we, like, so, like, we knew, like, a small circle of his friends, and obviously, like, um, you know, like, he, uh, he, he'd, um his former girlfriend Brenda had kids like they were you know they were sort of another family throughout like the 90s when Greg and I were teenagers we knew like they would come on all that stuff but there was this whole other network that we'd sort of heard about like Greg said people that he worked with you know people that he had known like his whole life like Greg said we talked to to this family that he grew up with these two brothers and his sister um, and they like you know they were really close with my dad and the first thing they told us was this story uh, about when they met dad in, in, in grade school there was this game where all these girls were running around uh, trying to catch the boys to kiss them and my dad was intentionally getting caught every time <laughs> 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 so it was like it was like this sort of like this bittersweet thing where it's like you're seeing all these people that are all coming up. My, my dad is like we said in the obit the Tony Fernandez of uh, beer league shortstops because <laughs> he's he, my dad was an amazing softball player we obviously all play for the gamblers uh and he was by far the best softball player in the veermans like we couldn't oh, hold yeah, a candle yeah, to him yeah, for sure but guys from his like team from when he was like 25 showed up mm. like guys that just saw it in the paper and guys from his team that he plays for today and they're like the one guy was telling me he's like oh he's like i just had like i have two of his jerseys from a tournament that like that he just never got or something like that he's like so he's like i want you to have one he's like and the other one can we can we hang it up at all the games this year uh, on the, on yeah, the bench man. and i was like oh, fuck yeah you know, and like the main thing that stood out to me was that my dad, you know, my dad's like, he's a blue collar guy. Like he's a welder and he prided himself on that. And it's like, you don't go to work with your dad. So you don't see your dad work. You don't think about, oh, his work ethic or whatever. But he's been doing this, you know, his whole adult life. And so many of the guys that he works with came up, like shook our hands and they had stories. They're like, your old man, we love your dad. You know, we'd drive him to work on the way back on Fridays. We'd stop, we'd get a beer, blah, blah, blah. Guy came up, he goes, I started working with your dad when I was 19. He's like 30 something now. He goes, he taught me everything I know about welding. He's uh-huh. like, he was the best. I was like, oh my God. Like all these guys are like just talking about how funny he was. And the main thing they all said, which is always sort of like, it's heartening is it's like, your dad was so proud of you and your brother. Like the boys, the boys, the boys. And that's something that like, you know, we didn't need to hear it from them because he never held back a word. You know, his yeah. pride he wore happily on his sleeve. But it was so nice to hear it from them. Um, and his boss came up and he shook my hand and he said, uh, your dad was the best welder we had. And my dad had recently just gone back to this workplace and he said, you know, um, we really needed him. And I went back to him and I asked him, I said, what will it take to get you back, you know, mm-hmm. Roy? And I remember when my, my dad was going through this back in August and, and we sat and we had a beer and we talked about it. And it was so impressive to hear all these guys talk about it and how proud he was of us. And I had this thought afterward, after it was all done, and I was kind of reflecting in just sort of this weird emotional place about, you know, I remember my dad would try and get us to go to the Christmas party for like for his work or whatever. And, you know, you get busy. It's just like, ah, oh, it's like we're not around, whatever. Um, 
and I was always like, oh, like, you know, he's proud of his boys. He wants to bring us out and like, you know, show us around. I was like, but it occurred to me, shit, no, like he probably wanted us to see like what he was doing. That he was like, like that we would have walked through there and everybody would have been like, like he was the big man. Yeah. Like people loved him, you know, mm-hmm. and we knew that amongst our friends, but it's like, I just think there was a separation between his, his work and like us and that life. But it was awesome to see that collide. And it just, you know, like I said, he always talks about how proud he was of us. But after that day, like I, I always have like loved my dad and been proud of him, but I was just like, man, I didn't realize how many people from like the guys from his like, you know, beer league, uh, softball team to the dudes that he worked with every day, how, how highly they spoke of him. Yeah, and you guys, obviously, you two have gone on on a different life path. As you said, like, he's a welder, blue-collar job in Hamilton. You guys are both, like, media types in Toronto. So it's like, it's not like you would have had a chance to interact in that world at all. So, so, you, so you wouldn't have conceived. No, that's exactly. exactly we're not in that like, world, yeah, so we don't hear from other people like, oh, you're Roy Veerman's son? Like, he's a legend welder. <laughs> <laughs> legend. That's the other thing. Every message that I got is, because, you know, he's just our dad, and it's like, mm-hmm. We we party with their dad. He's 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 a he's a fun time. You know what I mean. And there are those moments where you do have those like those like our I think our relationship was unique in a lot of ways, Greg. You know, like with dad because it's like a lot of people sound like oh he's like just like a buddy of yours. You know. Yeah, it's definitely like a. I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of so what I kind of spoke about at the the whatever the celebration. It's just how there were like the thing with my dad. It was never like you know you'll go to have like family days with your parents on Sundays. You'll go to lunch. You'll meet your dad for lunch, or you guys do whatever you do. And everyone's relationship with their dad's unique, but yeah, ours was just like, it was like going 100% or nothing. Like it was like, we got to hang out on Saturday night from 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. I like, don't want the lunch. Yeah, I want yeah, the yeah, Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, so he was just, yeah, it was like that friend relationship where it's like, mm-hmm. come over to my basement. I got t- two, four of Coors and we're going to do it right. And, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like by 11, him and Mike's got the guitar out. They're both, you know, s- screaming Oasis songs and I'm, I'm sending Snapchats to people making fun of them. <laughs> so anyway, that was kind of like, if you're hanging with my dad, it was that. And even things like we'd bring him to Toronto for Mike's diaper party and like, he just, he was always involved in anything going on. And like, it was like to the point where you're scared to tell him of like, oh, uh, we- there was a diaper party for Felix the other night. My dad doesn't even know Felix at all, really, but he'd be like, well, I was not invited. And he'd, be all, <laughs> he'd get upset that he's not invited. He's got that beerman chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one part I heard about your speech, Greg, that I thought was hilarious is that, you know, I know people think Mike as being very similar to Roy, and you maybe feeling like you don't see yourself in him as, as much. Yeah. But then you, you started doing the math and thinking about the various situations, and you're like, you know, my dad won't shut up about the Dallas Cowboys, and it's so obnoxious, but here I am. I just had an hour-long conversation talking about the Calgary Flames. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's it. Like, everything that's annoying about him becomes, yeah, endearing, and all the stupid little things, like, yeah, like, like, it's like, I've mentioned, like, a song comes on, like, Proud Mary, and it's like, oh, it's a great song. It's like, you know, it's Ike and Tina first, or, you know, or whatever. I don't know who came first, CCR, Ike and Tina, but he, 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 he definitely fact. knew. He'd have a fact, and it's like, I get it, dude. Um, <laughs> but then I, yeah, again, I do the same thing in movies or anything like that. And you just kind of, like, once you kind of have to step out of it and think about it, you just kind of realize, like, whoever I am is, like, you know, he had a lot to do with that, you know. Well, 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 how did your speech go? Like, well, I mean, I, you know, I talked sort of about the phases of like I, th- I thought of my dad. I thought of my relationship with my dad in sort of three chunks. You know, like sort of like this early phase when Greg and I were very young. You know, and it would be like our mom would be working. Um, she'd be like bartending late. At the, she worked at this place called the Police Association. It was like this bar for like off-duty cops or whatever. Sounds like a novel, novel or something. <laughs> so, uh, so that's where she, but she would work late. So, like, my dad would like look after the kids. So, if like our cousins Tommy and Dave were there, he'd like be looking after the four boys. And like, you know, most parents would be like, "Okay, boys, like, you know, you're like anywhere from six to nine years old. It's time to go to sleep." Mm-hmm. But he would literally, he had like one of those like five disc CD changers and like you know, like 1991 or whatever it was. So it probably cost a fortune. He would literally just rock the soundtrack to cocktail you know and so we'd be like doing the hippie hippie shake with socks tied around our heads <laughs> jumping on couches until we passed out like it wasn't like it's bedtime now he would just let us tucker ourselves out wow. and you know he'd have a coors and he'd be having a laugh it, it literally wasn't much different than what we were doing like two months ago on a saturday night this place. <laughs> just he would be the one who passes out and then we go out it'd be the exact opposite yeah like we'd pass out he'd go out and then it just changed 30 years later. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and then, but you know, and this is kind of like the, the sweet and the sours. It's like our dad was a friend and, and sort of this really unique character. Like I said, like people would message like, Oh, your dad was a legend. Cause you know, he, he was a, he was a super fun time, but there was always like these sprinklings of sort of like dad advice in these quiet moments. And when I think of us being kids, I think about, him pulling sort of I remember us like sitting in the kitchen at one point Greg and I with him and I don't know what we were like again like maybe like 
10 and seven or something like that. And him sort of having this big monologue, like sort of very serious and emotional about how important it is to always look after each other as brothers mm. because you're brothers and it's like the strongest bond you'll ever have and no one will ever look out for you the way that family will look out for you. And it's like, he would have these things that he would say to you that like stick with you, you know what I mean? And it's like, I never forgot that. So it's like for every stupid moment where you're partying or he was letting us drink beer at a camping trip when we were minors uh, <laughs> and we're peeing on the fire there's like this sort of like real sort of like insightful moment where he says something like that that stuck with me always and Greg and I have always felt like it's kind of like us against the world in a lot of ways because he imparted sort of that that sort of strong wisdom and um, sort of the second phase I talked about was like my angsty teenage years where he was you know him and my mom or our mom split up and he was uh, he was with Brenda she had um, four children and you know we kind of blended families and I talked about sort of like this sort of like separation of time and space um, with our dad, which was interesting. And it, and it was kind of like a, it's always hard to mel- meld families together. And I'd made a joke about how Greg was like, you know, you try to get attention when there's like six kids. So he was secretly smoking and then my dad found his cigarettes and then uh, he did like a mini investigation where he's like, which one of my boys is smoking? But then before ever like figuring out the results, he just confiscated the contraband and kept it moving. <laughs> it's like, I'll just take these and uh, think about what you've done. It's like, all right. Well, I have a smoke. <laughs> I'm just going to go outside and contemplate this. So, uh, but, but again, getting back to like, you know, him stepping up in, in sort of moments, like our mom passed away around that time. And uh, Greg and I were, you know, we didn't know what to do. And our dad just sort of jumped in, him along with Michael Dave, sort of took everything on. And um, when I was cleaning out his house, and Uncle Bob, yeah. And when I was cleaning out uh, his house, Greg and I had to go through the house, uh, you know, in in these past few weeks. And that's a whole other sort of experience and weird and surreal because, you know, he lived there. That was his home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I found the, the handwritten speech he made at our mom's funeral. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ugh. And I remembered thinking at the time, because Greg and I didn't actually speak at our mom's funeral. We were, we were pretty young. And I was like, um, I remember it being a good speech. I remember thinking, man, my dad really stepped up in that moment. And so I was kind of hesitant to read it when I found it, because I was like, is it going to, I don't know what it's going to live up to. The, yeah. yeah. It was fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And it was handwritten, like no computer or anything, only a couple little amendments. And I just sat there on his couch, sort of like in the afternoon while we were cleaning up the house, just like reading this thing. And it was, I was like, man, I'm like, cause him and my mom were best friends. When he, when he immigrated here from Amsterdam, she was like the first person he met, you know, yeah. in grade seven, I believe. And, you know, by the way, this is kind of like the roll of the dice as far as life. I know I'm going down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> so it's like, you, you know, they when his parents were immigrating from Amsterdam, they could have gone to Vancouver. Washington, like D.C. Washington, D.C. or Hamilton. Mm. And they were going to go to Vancouver. And Australia was on the board, too. And then they went to, they were going to go to Vancouver. It was set. But what happened was my, my Opa's brother, I think, called or his cousin and said, there's no work here, but there's a ton of steel work in Hamilton. Oh. So they came to Hamilton. And the first person uh, my dad met was my mom. They met in like grade seven. Wow. And it's like that classic thing where if, you know, they go to anywhere that wasn't uh, Hamilton, whether it's, you know, Australia or Vancouver, Washington. We're not sitting here together, guys. So I think, uh, I, you know, I know a bit of uh, your dad's story and your mom's story um, and you guys growing up as brothers. But for our listeners, can you just walk us through just like a, a little Wikipedia version of the Veermans? Just because I think it's interesting. Um, you know, they came from... Singapore? I mean, My dad was born in Singapore. Yeah, Drew, walk us through that real quick. Just because I think it's interesting and also... Yeah, okay, you go and then I'll and then I'll chime in. Okay, on my dad on my dad's side, like uh, our opa and oma, you know, they they met in Indonesia, which was during the time of like the occupation with the Dutch, and so like they had these sort of mixed families. But then at some point they had to leave Indonesia. They got kicked out sort of uh, when there was turmoil near the end uh, there of the occupation, I believe. Um, so they had Too to light skinned. My oma was very light skinned, and her family, her dad was French, I believe. Yeah, and basically they, like, when the Indonesian were taking back. The country, or um, they they come and they're basically like she'd come home from school and there'd be like signs written like get out and oh, people wow, okay. would like she would be like there'd be like a gun in her face and stuff like that. And it's she had a small stuff. Roy Veerman. And she was point. pregnant. Not at that point. She was, she was pregnant. pregnant. So okay. my, his two older brothers were born, and yeah. then so they have to leave while she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And w- on the, the on route to Amsterdam, where they're going to live permanently, ostensibly, uh, my they have to stop over in Singapore and be born. This is another classic like dadism. He always told us he was born on a boat passing Singapore, <laughs> which is far more dramatic. Like I always pictured my Oma like on the deck of the ship, being like, ah! 
and my opa like taking buckets of water and throwing them out of this boat that say like it was so dramatic the way I pictured it when he's like I was born on a boat it turns out I like asked my own and she's like no it was a hospital in Singapore <laughs> then we moved on to Amsterdam and so that's where I, I believe he lived for the first like 12 years of life 7 years of his life well yeah, whatever so, but yeah and my oma in Indonesia was like she lived they had servants. She was living the good life. She did not change any, either of her two kids' diapers ever. She didn't cook anything. She didn't have to do anything. And then all of a sudden, they got booted from Indonesia. They went to Amsterdam. She had this baby on the way to Amsterdam. So also she had three kids. And she had to like teach herself how to do everything because there was oh, no, wow. more, no more money, no more anything. So just her and my opa, her with kids, and just in this flat-ass Amsterdam. She's used to be in Indonesia with all these like beautiful mountains and greenery everywhere. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so she said she was very depressed for like the first like year of Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So yeah, they they were in Amsterdam for nine years. They came to Hamilton in '67. Because my dad always made the joke of like, yeah, Leafs haven't won the cup since I've been here. He's like, I'm the curse. <laughs> and they might win it this oh, year. Oh, fuck. So. Yeah. <laughs> that would this be something. Be year, yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. And then so we met my mom. Uh, my mom was an army brat. Uh, she, my, uh, our grandpa, who we never met, our grandpa or our gra- grandma were both passed away by the time Greg and I came around. Uh, and he was stationed all over. And then they, they eventually settled in Hamilton, which is where uh, my dad and my mom met. And um, yeah, I think and they, they met in grade seven. What, and how they were young when they had you two, right? Or relatively young. Yeah, relatively young, like not really twenty. Well, yeah, maybe not for that. Yeah, they weren't like teen, like pregnancy like, or whatever. Although I'm shocked because like twenty four and twenty six. They weren't the most responsible people. But uh, I think one was like 24, 25 when she had. Oh, okay, okay. So not, not crazy. No, nah, not crazy young. So so yeah, they 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 had us, and um, yeah, they were just like East East End Hamilton kids. Went to Scott Park. <laughs> Shane just spilled some Pabst. We're also for the listeners having a couple. Of, my, my dad loved the Coors Light, so we're uh, we're sitting in my apartment recording this right now and uh, drinking some Coors Light. I need Coors Light to sponsor the pod. That's, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, so yeah, so like again, like Greg and I came along and it, it was a good time. And you know, this kind of gets back to I know you asked about my speech and sort of I, I broke it into phases. And so the, the next phase was kind of like this adult phase where Greg and I started you know bands we were in the racket and then palm san sebastian and um our no one was a bigger fan of our our bands than our dad you know and he was really into music and our mom actually before she passed away got to see our first band and um so that was kind of the the third phase and and i sort of wrapped my speech talking about my dad that um and it was emotional the day of and i've had time with it now but i talked about how i'm sad that there's this fourth phase that was happening that's him as an opa him as a grandpa because obviously my daughter win is around now and i said i can either sort of like be sad that he's not going to be around to see her grow up or I can choose to be happy that he got four months mm-hmm. because he wanted nothing more than to have a grandchild. You know, I think that was like, it was his dream more than my dream. You well, that's know? a legendary so, story on the pod when you broke the news to him, which yeah. is a great story. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know I told it on the pod. I it's, think so. They start to blend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I don't I'm remember I that either. It's a great video. Really? Oh. Did I, maybe I told it to you. I think I've shown you. Maybe I told it on the I think you told it on the pod. Huh? Yeah. I think I did. Okay. I'll go back and listen. If yeah. not, I'll tell it on the time. But yeah. So anyway, you know, and that was kind of like the thing where it's like, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I talked about sort of my relationship with, with my dad and sort of like what he meant to me and, and, and throughout those phases, you know, like, I know we keep presenting him as like a good time party dude. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that, that was a lot of who he was. But there were also lots of quiet moments where he helped me through, you know, a breakup or something like that. And also really, um, really quick and really smart. And, I, and for me as like uh, someone who grew up pretty middle class, you know, teacher, mom and social worker I just I always marvel and I, I hope this doesn't sound condescending at all because it's not it's a, it's a true it's yeah, a true how the other half lives yeah. no, 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 no 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 I say this uh, to anyone who asks it's, it's like between like you three and even in Dan Hamilton it's, it's like you know, it's like, well, you three hardly graduated from high school and you're the three smartest guys that I know, right? And, and so it's just like, I always wonder where you're... No hyperbole at all. No, it's true. <laughs> no, it's, it's really true. No, and, I, and um, that's why we do stuff together is because I'm, I'm in awe. Uh, you know, I really admire what you guys, you know, bring, bring to this world. And I always wonder, like, where that comes from, where that active mind comes from. And I, and I, wor- and I wonder that with any, any of my friends, it's like, you know, Sean Dawson, you know, he's so quick. Like, okay, well, where does that... His mom is wickedly smart. Or my friend Matt, you know, okay his parents are like this and and so i always wonder uh you know and i see a certain quickness to roy and a certain flair for storytelling yeah that roy had but did, uh, greg am i getting this wrong did you tell me he was really good at math and just like didn't give a fuck or oh yeah he's yeah. This, that's the kind of thing that like blows my mind for a guy who's just like you know who 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 was like a welder and his kids didn't even hardly graduate high school it's like way smarter than like anything i could possibly do even though on paper it looks like 
it, it, it would have turned out a different no, way. No, yeah, he's like, yeah, he was like a super smart guy, and that's that was always like <laughs> my Oma's big heartbreak was like she'd go into the principal's office. She was there a lot when my dad was <laughs> yes, because <laughs> he was always getting in trouble. And like in high school, like the principal was like, you know, like Roy, he could have a DR in front of his name or something like that. <laughs> like he should have a DR. He could for be his a name. doctor yeah. if he could just like pull it together and like. And then my mom always tells us, she's like, he's t- the principal told me, the principal at Scott Park told me he could have had a DR in front of me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, she's like, I don't know what happened, but my dad is too busy chasing girls and partying. So. Uh, yeah, so, so you, um, would you attribute like that, those sort of... Oh, big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, him and our, our mom was... Our mom was our very Dave, witty. Very our, smart. Yeah, yeah like... Funny people. They, they were all... And here's the thing, they all like, just thought, like, we didn't have a ton growing up, but like, there was never, like, so much love. Like, we mm-hmm. never thought for one minute, like, oh, our parents are pissed to have us around or aren't going to tolerate us. Like a lot of love and like, they'd always pull it together. Like our Christmases were always spectacular. You know what I mean? Cause it was like, they, they always came through, you know what I mean? Even though like every family's have their problems and their issues and all that stuff. And obviously we, you guys know our, our story and all that, but yeah, I mean like a hundred percent, it comes from them, I think. And Shane talks about this a, a lot, sort of like the idea that like whenever, and Greg kind of referenced this in his speech at the celebration of life, it's like anything you see that's kind of annoying in your parents, it's because it's a mirror back on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, oh man, like I am like my dad or my mom, you know? And it's like, I think as you, those things might seem sort of like, you try to distance yourself from those things when you're younger because you want to be an individual or because whatever hangups you have. But as you get older, I think you can recognize them and go, oh man, like I'm glad I caught that piece of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was I, with dad too. We were talking a lot about how just because a lot of our friends were super affected and would like call us like I just anyone I talked to is just so like shocked and hurt and like sad about it. But it's because our dad is like such a big part of our friend group too. Like he would be at a lot of the parties and events. And there's only a couple dads that show up like, you know, like Julian's dad will come out and Bruce will like Sean and Brody's dad. So anyway, so and it just like everyone kind of had like a funny memory with him. Everyone's been like. Like, a school told me a hilarious story how, like, some partiers, after some Sansev show or something, just him and my dad ended up at, uh, <laughs> like, a Bon Me place or something in Hamilton at, like, midnight just drinking bar, drink, like, just drinking at the bar. Like, my dad is buying bottles of Coors Light for him and Rob's school and just shooting the shit until, like, one in the morning. And I was like, when did that happen? Rob's like, oh, I can't believe I didn't tell you about that. And, like, it's like, because Dan Hamilton's known us forever. He had a funny story about, like, us at high school. There's just there's a million stories. Basically, I just wonder, do you guys have any funny Roy stories? Can you think of one off the top of your head, Max? Uh, well, not off the top. I heard a great one though the other day uh, f- via Sean Menard uh, that I th- who told Dan. Where basically uh, Roy Boy came to I think a baseball tournament that Greg was playing in. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. and he parked himself uh, kind of at the end of the, the stands with his own folding chair. Tell me if I'm getting this wrong. He took <laughs> off his shirt to get his tan. He had a, a cooler of. How old beer. was Greg? Not, oh. I, I, I was like, if this was like Little League, yo, yeah, like Pee Wee or like whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like ten maybe, and yeah, he was yeah lawn chair with like a a mini cooler that could hold just a six pack of Coors Light. Yeah, and he wasn't. He didn't seem to be that interested in the game because he was he was getting a tan. <laughs> but then a foul ball came and hit him right in the chest. He wakes up, picks up the ball and rifles it as a strike right back to the pitcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. It was just that thing where all every kid like was like, whoa, and I was like, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a funny one. Uh, yeah, I'm like so ruined right now. I'm so upset. Oh my god. Well, Shane, like uh, our dad, as someone who hung out with us a lot too, loved all our friends as much as you know we all love each other. But that was the thing. Going through his uh, his stuff at his place, it was like he has this like minimal envelope pride, and it's a bunch of like Mike and I like. Anytime we made the paper, did some mm. shit. Every clipping, every, every clipping. press clipping. Wow. Yeah. But then he also had like newspaper clippings of like Brody's hot sauce in there, like any of our friends, like Brody's Sean hot Menard, sauce. Uh, Sean Menard, the Carter, Carter effect. effect. All of our friends, he had, like, like he had like to the fridge stuff. in a box. Arkell. And he also still had like a pristine uh, DVD copy of Shane's much music video, VJ Search. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did from like 2000, whatever that was, like yeah. five or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't even make like top four. Here. No. I didn't. <laughs> But it was a good video. Yeah. And still, he held on to it. So he loved it. Oh. But yeah, it's it's just so weird because it's not like uh, a friend's dad died. It's like a friend died. Yeah. And I just wish I could speak on it better right now, but I can't. It's okay, man. It's all right. Talking to you today, Shaney. Like I, like I said, like this happened a, a few weeks ago, and I just I've just went back to work um, yesterday. And Shane and I talked a lot today about uh, about dad, and it was 
you know, Shane, he just had a lot of nice things to say um, because I, they were friends. It wasn't like you said, like it wasn't like a dad. Like he, I'll let Shane speak to it to, to it uh, when he comes back if he can. But um, I think that they, you know, they were buddies. They messaged. You know, <laughs> didn't my dad send you like yeah, a? Yeah, I was uh, actually just gonna look at my phone. It, he I, suggested I, that you do a cover on tour or something yeah. like that. <laughs> By the way, you know, it's. I think that the thing about passing away that's so sad is it's like, man, they always say like give them the flowers while you can still smell them. Like you guys did that tribute in Philly uh, where you did Proud Mary. Mm-hmm. That was so thoughtful. You know, when you, when you sent that to Danica, or you just sent it to me and Greg, I think we were together and I, I had no Danica idea. First, just, I don't know if you wanted to, I don't know, think, think about that at the moment. Or no, totally. She, man, said, yeah. she said, the boys are together. Send it to them now. They'll love it. And that's why I said it. Yeah. I will say that going through this, sucks and it feels surreal and it's like a movie when you're going through your father's stuff but I mean you and I got to spend basically like two weeks together getting all the affairs in order and everything it's true yeah it How, was good. Mike uh, did bulk of the work shout outs to Mike he, yeah, yeah. Took Dan said that you really guy. stepped up yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan was uh, was giving me full reports um <laughs> On how everything was going, I imagine the just like the logistical shit. Is that the, just? I'm curious. Like, is that just annoying to have to deal with? Like, is it, shouldn't there be like a service that could fucking do it? Like, well, I mean, or listen, it I, on some I, I have a lot of thoughts. Well, it's kind of a bit of everything. I think death is big business. I think that uh, it's like they know that people are grieving. They know that you're making quick decisions. They everything costs a lot of money. Like, like I said, we had our father cremated, and just going through that whole thing and. You know, getting a casket for so we could do the the private service with my Oma. And, you know, it was like, it was a lot. And uh, I don't know, we'll share this story, but we're sitting in the office with the guy at the, the, whatever, the cremation service, and he's breaking down all the numbers. And Greg, this is like second day, and like, I'm pretty devastated. And Greg and I are just sitting there. It's like you're in a fucking weird movie, and this guy's talking to us, and he breaks down the numbers, which are not low. And then Greg goes, uh, he waits a beat and he goes, hey, I'm just kind of curious. He goes, uh, what's the take home on something like this? <laughs> you want to know what this guy's fucking commission was? <laughs> How did he respond? He, he laughed and it got really awkward and then just started justifying the job of just like, like, like he's like, ah, like it was like this uncomfortable moment. And then he's like, well, you know, like, uh, this is just, people shouldn't have to take care of this stuff. And that's why we're happy to assist and blah, blah, blah. And Jesus like, I just kind of avoided it. But it's just like when you hear, I'm like these are all just like made up fees it's like data charges it's like it's just made up shit it's like you, you can get you get six gigs of data for this much price or this or this it's like you're just making this up there's no like value to any of this anyway well it's like a wedding how the fees are amped but just more yeah immediate. yeah oh for sure and you just like they just know like oh people got to pay for this this, is, this has got to happen like and the guy in a tough spot and and that guy was great i don't know if he's a pod listener he was he was fine he was very helpful he was starstruck get through this Get through this, Matty boy. <laughs> uh, just the whole industry is sort of like, it is what it is, but, you know. Um, sorry. Oh, I was just going to read a Facebook message that Roy sent me that was funny. And I'm not saying that he invented this line, by the way, but he definitely invented messaging someone out of the clear blue <laughs> with this as the opener. He goes, Dallas just ate my Scrabble tiles. I think her next shit could spell disaster. <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> like, this wasn't like a friend's dad messaging me this. No other friend's dad would do that. He was really like a friend. When was the last time you spoke before that? We we spoke the next the day before that. Oh really? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We we talked quite a bit actually. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I'm I'm like he never sent me that message. He used the good material on you. <laughs> no, yeah, he sent you the jokes. He sent us the sentimental stuff. I, I got one from uh, last June. Hey Max, this is the first message he ever sent to me. Listening to Mike's iPod on shuffle and, <laughs> and cuts like a knife comes on. I kept repeating it about ten times and found myself getting a little angry. Trump insults the prime minister and the country. Slip it into your set and dedicate it to the Donald. (laughs) Ironically, the next song was Respect. Just saying, maybe a bit controversial, but isn't that what rock and roll is all about? (laughs) I love that. Oh, man. And then Jan, January 1st, he goes, Happy New Year, Max and Lauren. Amazing year. I can only see it getting better. Look out 2019. More champagne babies? Question mark. <laughs> What's the question on YouTube? You <laughs> and then he goes, they can only be wing pals. No dating. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I was like, Happy New Year, Roy, and no champagne babies yet, but you'll be the first to know. And they go, seriously, can 2019 get better? I think so. <laughs> he was always talking about 2019 to me, too. Yeah. That was going to be the best year ever. Uh, That's not that this is some great message, but this is a kind of an excuse, I guess, after... Uh, you guys had always told me how good he was at ping pong or something. Yeah. He's always wanted to play me. <laughs> well, for our listeners, Shane's an amazing ping pong player. My dad has always claimed to be an amazing ping pong player. So they're kind of like a foreman and Ali he, waiting he came, to meet up. He claims he played like um, officer or something when he was a teenager. I don't, I don't know if yeah, it's true. On a boat passing Singapore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, I beat him quite handedly, I oh, would yeah, say. Big time, yeah, yeah. But the video at the Celebration of Life, of course, only showed the shots where he had uh, gotten one by me. Mike mentioned that. Yeah. He's I, like, Shane's not going to like this. I did. Because I have. <laughs> so at his 60th birthday last year, we, we rented this whole ping pong area. We had the big 60 balloons and we set up this this tournament. And so Shane and my dad play. And Shane does take, you know, he, he does beat the man, but the man is 30 years older than me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I took video of it because I wanted to get these great slow motion shots. And in only two does my dad win the point out of like, 11 videos <laughs> but it was a tribute video to our father played at his yeah. celebration of life so of course we're going to take the point that he beat Shane on yeah. on like a great yeah. serve only Shane's 90% of my tears were for Roy slow motion of the ball passing the <laughs> so when Greg was cutting the video I was, I was like use it and then I was like I, I was like he's not going to like that and honestly in the room packed house the video is playing the song Angel by Jimi Hendrix is playing which it's I just, heard was requested it was that my dad said I, he always wanted that played like uh, at funeral celebration life whatever and um, the whole room's watching this video. It's a very beautiful moment. And the minute like Shane misses the point, I just hear from the other side of the room Shane cackle laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a funny edit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that, it's funny with that video. Just in a side note, because afterwards I went and Myers, Mark Myers, was there. And then uh, I was talking to them, and they're like, "Menard's like great video." Menard's, Myers, like good. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I nailed the end. And Myers like, yeah, I noticed. Didn't really nail the ending. Like, just like the cuts were a little off. Music no, I know. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I told Mike later. And I was like, I was, like, I was talking to My- Myers. And he just he was like, yeah, I didn't. He's like, yeah, I noticed that. And then Mike's like, fuck that guy. We're, a, we're at Boston Pizza till like 1 a.m. yesterday editing it. And I was like, true. But it just kind of reminded me of our dad. There's a funny story where we tried to tell him this, the, the owl joke. Oh, my God. That's a classic. So you want to tell us? No, that? you tell it. But. Just wait. Just be- before it gets into the owl joke, just the day after uh, that ping pong game, your dad messaged me uh, first thing. Uh, he said, "Shane, I'm making from head to toe, like an excuse for losing." <laughs> Thanks for the games. Love table tennis. My younger self would have given you a better go. Kiss Alex on her belly. All the great things have happened to you since you met her. Make room for that Juno love and respect. Alex is not pregnant. the funniest message, but yeah. And Alex yeah. is pregnant. It's not just either. Yeah. Just on the <laughs> yeah the that was my dad's She was fetish. gaining weight at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> She's pregnant, right? Uh, no, actually, we just had the baby. Actually, that, that, it was at that 60th birthday that we, we told him that we were expecting. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, that oh, was quite yeah, a night. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's yeah. Right. I love those, these messages, though, because it's like you could tell how much he was thinking about everybody oh my all God, the time. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. No, he was a good dude, man. He was a good dude. Like, he cared. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I think you can be reduced if you're somebody that... You know, like, it's like, he was a fun time and he partied, and so, like, that's kind of the first thing he'd be like, oh, he was a great time. But it's like, there was a soulful guy there that really cared about people, and especially our friends, which is like, you know... What's it all about? That's why I love him. Yeah. Okay, this is a funnier message. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is after we had the baby. He says, congrats, Shane and Alex. What a great birthday, because I had my child on my birthday. And Mother's Day gift. Senior post, and you look like a natural. All these babies. Makes me want to find someone to impregnate. <laughs> <laughs> and then he put an ellipses, and he goes, not. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about it on the pod. Yeah, he's a funny guy. There's actually a funny, on Mike's Facebook, he has a photo of him and Winnie up. And then Mike and then my dad just commented on this like two months ago. Oh, so it's a photo of me holding Winona. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, she's smiling. Yeah, it is. he he just comments like, ah, getting cuter every day. And he's like, you know, I'm talking about Winona, right? <laughs> and it's just like it's like a classic, any of like classic like switcheroo, but he loves it. Yeah, <laughs> but not many parents can do a good switcheroo. No, I know that's sure. like ahead of his age. But it's just funny too because like for coming from a dad, because a dad could think like, oh, my son's getting cute every day. Yeah. I don't know. it's like there's like there's so many like layers. It's funny. Yeah, he uh, the owl joke, which is like, because our dad at the end of the day was still, you know, he was 
you know, a, a, a Hamilton guy with a rough edge. Northeast Hamilton guy. Northeast Hamilton guy, you know. So there was this joke going around that's like, oh, hey, Max, someone told me that you look like an owl. Mm-hmm. And you, you go, who? Who? You want to know who said it because you're insulted, yeah, yeah. right? So then you say who enough times, you're reinforcing who? the who? narrative that you look like an owl. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break it down. What is there, an owl in here? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we're out for like dinner and drinks with our dad or whatever. And uh, so we think it would be funny to run this bit on our dad. He's, you know, eating his steak and drinking his Coors. And uh, was it you that said it? No, it was you. It was me. I was like, hey, dad. I'm like, uh, he's like, what? I'm like, somebody said you look like an owl. Dad goes, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Without missing a beat, <laughs> it just went back to eating a steak. <laughs> but, yeah, the reason I brought that up was just like because the video. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I didn't nail. And then you're just like, fuck those guys. We're at Boston Pizza. Like you're just like, yeah. Like, well, I was jokingly dad like, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, first of all, I love Myers and Menard, and I do think it is hilarious and very on brand for them to critique your edit <laughs> at your father's <laughs> funeral. Video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But but we literally were in a Boston pizza until one thirty in the morning cutting that video. Like Boston Pizza like it was just us sitting in a booth cutting because we'd actually been clearing out his house edit. So it was just like a real rush to the end. Just to defend my brother's edit, because he's a great editor. <laughs> hey, my dad wanted me to go for my brother. So it I'm was a co edit originally. Yeah. <laughs> Greg's edit. I took, I took my name off of it. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Smith. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't hear it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I was I don't know if you care to relive it, but like where did where did you hear the news? Because I was thinking about you guys and how that the first few days would have gone. Um, I was uh, I'd finished work on Thursday, um, and I was coming home, um, and I was I was like hungry. Danica had already eaten, so I'd worked a little late, and uh, I went into I was in the A and W actually, and I ordered a. Uh, a Beyond Meat Burger. I'll never, forget. I'll, never forget. I'll never forget. I don't know why this is important, but yeah. I'll never forget. You the details, rem- You remember the weird oh, details. Sure. Yeah. So it's like I ordered a Beyond Meat Burger and the, the spicy habanero, both on lettuce wraps, because I was like, oh, I'm going to get healthy. And uh, they take my name, and they're like, okay, we'll call your name when it's ready. And then I got a call from my Oma, mm-hmm. and she, she gave me the news, and the, the room kind of started spinning. And I was like... First of all, it was weird to get a call from my Oma that late. So my brain actually kind of did some quick math. And I go, is this my uncle calling me for my Omas? I just felt like it was, it was something. It wasn't that. good. Yeah. And when she, she told me, I was just, you know, uh, the room started spinning. Um, I, I, I kind of like looked over at the order and I was like, well, like I'm, I don't want the food. But I also, I, I remember thinking, I don't want to stick them with the food because they're going to get confused. Like I remember thinking about the people that were about to call my name and have, and then I just said, I got to walk it. So I just left. So. Mm-hmm those burgers might still be sitting there um and then i came up and came in and yeah uh, i was on i was on the phone and i sort of mouthed it to danica and she was with the baby and yeah it was just like an incredibly sad surreal reflective sort of like uh, gut punch of a night how's how's your oma because it in shock yeah. i think everybody in that first bit is just in shock you can't Anybody that's like kind of gone through a loss, I don't think you can <clears throat> frame anything in that first 24 hours. It's like it hits you in waves and you think you're contextualizing things, but you got to live with it for a bit. And you got to really sort of like you haven't even unveiled all of your thoughts or and how you feel about those thoughts. And, you know, this is I feel like this is a lifelong process. I was saying to Shane, you know, I just got back to work and, you know, there was a stretch there where I thought I would be permanently sort of like altered I, I was like i don't know what i'm going to move i don't know how how i'm going what kind of person i'm going to be moving forward i don't know how this is going to change me mm-hmm. but i'm starting to feel normal again so i feel like i'm myself but just slightly altered going forward you know but anyway that i mean i could talk about this forever but you know sure. this is sort of the the psychology and the sort of emotions of it all but that's that's how i how i found it i was actually working i was at as you guys but i was because i worked for tfc it was the tfc the toronto fc kickoff like season kickoff dinner so i'm just like we're sitting there i'm with kylie who shoots the show and all the, the whole team's there and li- literally like larry tannenbaum speaking to everyone at this restaurant on adelaide and then my phone starts ringing it's mike so i ignore it and then it starts ringing again and i ignore it and then i start texting i'm like yo larry, Tom- larry tannenbaum's literally speaking can't talk right now and then I look and I realize I sent it to a different dude that I was just texting. Uh, but it was a guy I don't really know who I was trying to get to shoot something the next day for TFC. And then I, so I was just like, I was like, haha, I meant to text my brother. He's like, okay, I was going to say like, cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so I just didn't think much about it. And then 
Larry Tanrop stopped speaking and then the phone rang again and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I should answer this. I was like, and then I had that first thought of like, oh, that was kind of weird. Mike would have just text me. So then when I answered it, I was a little like on edge. I was like, what's going on, man? And then Mike just told me what happened. And yeah, it's just that shock thing. I'm just like, ah, fuck. I was like, and then you just don't know. Like, I was just more like in shock. I was like, ah, oh, well, I'm working right now. It's like, I don't know. Like, what's protocol? Here? Yeah, I was like, there's not really like, and, Mike's, and Mike was like, yeah, like, there's nothing we can do tonight. Like, he's like, me and Danica and baby are going to go into Hamilton tomorrow morning if you want to come. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, let me just stick around here for a bit and then I'll come meet you. And then it was like, and then I just couldn't like, you know, you just, I'm just not thinking. Like, I thought I was just like, okay, back to work. But then, like, I'm kind of in a daze. Mm-hmm. So I hung up for like five or ten more minutes. And then I was like, Kylie was going to get a new lens. And I was with her and I was just like, I was like, hey, I was like, I think I got to take off. <laughs> and then uh, she's like, what? Like, kind of just like, why? And then I was like, well, I just, like, my brothers called me and he told me my, ba- my dad passed away. And Kyle and I had just spent, like, a lot of time together traveling for, we are in, like, L.A. for training camp and we are in Panama for a game. So we're just, like, we'd spent so much time together that she, she just, like, immediately was, like, and she's really close to her family. So she's just, like, trying to be, like, hold it together, but I could see her eyes, like, watering. And then I'm, like, and then I'm, like, I don't want to make you feel awkward. This isn't weird. I got to go. And then uh, she's, like, no, it's totally fine. She's, like, you should definitely go. And I was, like, yeah, I should go, right? And then she's, like, yeah. And I was, like, okay, I got to go. And then yeah, so it was, like, super sweet. And then I just walked over here. And then me, Mike kind of sat in Dan's apartment to figure stuff out because the baby was sleeping. Yeah, Dan, so as you guys know, Dan Hamilton lives in, in my building and Danica and the baby were here. So Greg and I went down to Dan's and he went. He actually immediately went over to the beer store and got us some Coors Lights so mm-hmm. we could sit around and talk about her dad. And, um, and He's been one of your longest, oldest friends. Yeah, so. that's right. Like, I Dan's was happy that Our he dad was, loved Dan Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan's is the most like best spot to be. And we just all like kind of told Roy stories and like mm-hmm. we're saying he like very quickly turned into Bill Brasky. Like we're just... Essentially, just like cheersing our dad and be like, remember when he did this? Remember this story? And telling stories is really, it kind of was like a really funny, fun hang. I spent the next, and I'm sure that I'm, everybody in our friend group spent the next number of days thinking about Roy and for uh, just like, yeah, like I can only imagine what you guys went through because, yeah, because I spent like, you know, just thinking about your dad and you guys. You know, like after the show, just scrolling through Facebook and reading things that people wrote on your on your on your Facebook post. Yeah, I think that like these things are so sad because I, uh, to be honest, I haven't even. It's so hard for me to go through those comments, you know, because they're so full of joy. So it's like kind of like this sweet pain where you're like, you know people loved him you know and they really speak highly of him but it's so sad that it's like this is the context with which we have to say all these things you know and no people no sorry sorry don't apologize uh, stop it yeah it's like it's so tragic but it like it offers this moment to to reflect on him and your own relationship with your parents and it just like puts like everything into context yeah and then then I was also just like thinking about you guys and like uh, because you know, you guys are some of my best friends and, and just like thinking about like how to navigate this like weird, surreal period of time, you know, and just like what to, uh, what to do as a friend too. I was, you know, that's something that we're, and, and, and that's like, and that's not your burden cause you're, you have your own per- real, real burdens that you're dealing with right now. And I remember just, uh, talking to our friend, uh, I happened to be in, uh, I think Albany and our friend, uh, Tim, um, Maroney, who listens to the pod, pod fan, and he's from Buffalo. Oh, shout out to him! I yeah. know too. And uh, and his his uh, parents passed away, and and he was just and he just he gave me one piece of advice. He was like, just like check in every few days. Just like that's the best thing you can do because it's a fucked up time, and everybody like deals with it in their own way, and there's not a wrong way or a right way, but just just check in. So, um, yeah, I was, I was in a, yeah. So it's just like because it, it really affects like the whole community and you guys are obviously the center of it yeah it is a weird thing to navigate when you're when you have like a friend who when you're someone you know like someone you're close to like the parent or someone passed away no one quite knows how to deal with them people will like you know you want to be there but you don't want to you, you know everyone's going through their own things it's, it's exactly that so there's no real like right way to do it it's just you know, and each person is different because like, yeah. i know you guys are dealing with it differently even right and you guys yeah, yeah, are for in sure, the same yeah. spot you mean between the two of us yeah you yeah. two are yeah well, yeah we're yeah we have different process for getting through these things and 
it's so it's such an unknowable thing that mm-hmm. you just hope no one goes through because it's like it's really it truly is like life before and life after like life was a certain way before this happened life is now this way going forward and then there'll be some other life event that happens you know hopefully positively soon and any of the negative ones are far 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 in the future you know i i'd like to think that we're tapped out on we got no parents left so let's just hope that the fates or the gods maybe give us a break for a bit it's true just a couple orphans we got friends. <laughs> oh, he, that's the other thing. He listened to, he fucking was obsessed with everything that Greg and I did, obviously with the band and the bands that we were in. But also, like when we did, we did the show Disband, that's how we got a record deal. We were in the basement, like, like we rehearsed, that was his basement, you know, mm-hmm. like that was a great time, you know, when he was with his wife, Christine, like that was a really, really fun time. But um, that extended to this podcast, you know, like I think one of the reasons he felt like he knew, I mean, obviously he spent a, t- a ton of time with you, Shane, over the last decade and a half. And Max, he knew you from spending time with you. But I think it's like he listened to every one of these episodes. So he, you know people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that extended to the TV show. And no one had more opinions on the fucking TV show than my dad. Like, <laughs> I saw him after the show came out and he binged all eight. And he's like, oh, they're giving you a fucking season two. He's like, <laughs> he's like I can't see why they wouldn't give you a fucking season two. He's like, he's like, you, he's like no, no, I'm not even thinking that way. They're giving you one. 2019 is going to be great. Uh-huh. Yeah, but like everybody is proud of their kids, but no one has been so unapologetically proud the way Roy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like, man. he would just throw it in your face how great Mike and Greg are. Not everything. He, he would throw it in our face, too. He'd be like, dude, chill out. I get it. Like, <laughs> like, stop, don't slobber kiss my cheek and tell me how much you're, how proud you are. Yeah. Like, some parents are too proud to be proud, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. He, he didn't give a shit. No. And, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, but yes, yeah, speaking of which, here's a message he sent me after shortly after the Crave show was released. He said, hey, Shane, great show. Wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and, if possible, a better year than last year. Oh, yeah. By the way, Alex is funnier and way better looking. Because <laughs> Alex was, of course, part of the Crave show. <laughs> she was in and the, uh, uh, he's Christmas. speaking the truth. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he didn't walk on eggshells around me. Uh, and then he goes, hey, uh, I'm just being honest. I said, haha, I know. Humor was all I had on her, and now she's even better at that. He goes, I think the show is going to work. Looking forward to another season. More Alex shit, dude. Lucy is even funnier than you. Shows <laughs> <laughs> into a roast. <laughs> and then Happy New Year. <laughs> and then I said, ha 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 ha, because I didn't know what else to say. I was, I was quite mad at the time. <laughs> and then he said, lots of love to you and your beautiful ladies. Hang on to that. Blow up 2019, which of course was his whole thing. That yeah, the next yeah. year is going to be better than the last. Which was his outlook, man. He was a positive person, man. And I said, same to you and your beautiful boys (laughs) and granddaughter. Thanks, Ray. That was our last interaction. Yeah, I guess I'll sum it up. I don't know. Should I read the obit? Sure. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to hear the obit. Did you not read it? No, I didn't know. My sister was like obsessed. She's like, this is the best thing I've ever, best obit I've ever seen. She goes, and it was all Mike. I go, I guarantee you Greg had a hand in that. She goes, no, I know it was all Mike. I, go, I bet you Greg had something to do Tiff, with it. What is and then up? she's like, Shane, you were right. I walked up to Mike and he gave Greg credit. Seriously, at the celebration of life, she beelined to me and said exactly that. And I was like, yeah. seriously, I'm like, she was so obsessed with you being the sole writer for some reason. But. So one of the, there, there's just, again, I keep going back to process and things you have to do. And so like my dad's, you know, um, brother Jeff and you know our own mother were like oh so are you going to put it in the paper are you going to put it in the paper you know and it's like oh right that's something we don't think about we're not we're not at the age where you like look at obits or you would ever think that that's how you would find out somebody passed away but for people of a different generation that's something you do so like I guess we we're going to have to do this thing so we were like, what do you want to write? Like, our dad was like a fun, like you heard these messages. Like, yeah. he didn't take life too seriously and had sort of like a lot of love in his heart. So we sit down, we're just like, let's just like write an obit that looks like an obit, but we feel like is in the voice of our dad. Yeah. So, uh, Veerman, Albert Roland, Roy. Rocked off this earth suddenly at home on February 20th, 2019. Born to Trish Veerman and the late Johannes Veerman passed away in 1996 he was in his 61st year dashingly handsome father of mike danica greg and his beloved dog dallas cherished opa to baby winona dear brother to george jeff 
and Frank, loving uncle to Sarah, boyfriend Andrew, and Mitchell, girlfriend Laura. An exceptional tradesman, a talented singer, and the Tony Fernandez of beer league shortstops. He will be remembered for his undeniable charisma and love of life by the many family and friends who filled his life with joy. Deepest condolences to the Dallas Cowboys and Netherlands national football team whose merch sales will see a major dip. <laughs> <laughs> a celebration of life will be held at the Spice Factory, et cetera, et cetera, details and all that stuff. But So... No, that's a, uh, an awesome obit, and it stands out because there is there is kind of a, an obit format, right, that exactly. gets, gets a little boring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of went like half and half. Well, it's like, and I like... That's what he wanted, though, you know? That's yeah. the way he would have liked it, man. And, I, I like, I like the thought of, like, these old people that go through the obits, you know, and it's like, does that stand out? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because there's people that read those things. Anyway, I... I everything that I think we did released these last couple of weeks was just like, would our dad have wanted this? You know, mm-hmm. if... Like Greg said in his speech, like I don't know what happens when you die, but he hoped that our dad was in that room at the celebration of life, and I hope that he would be, you know, proud in passing as he as he was in life of of the job we did. But um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else, boys? Before we sort of wrap it up? No, I just I I have a story thing, but it's like not appropriate for the pod. Just, <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, you can beep it out or not use it at all. But it was just there. It, I believe it was after a. Uh, like we did a pub crawl and he came along yeah. or some something, uh, and because I know he was putting his shirt on at the time, so it must have been like the last <laughs> bar where we had taken our yeah, shirts off. Five star. Yeah, and then uh, Alex was my designated driver. <laughs> like my wife was coming to pick me up, and I see Roy, and he's like, "Look at because you you guys went to Absinthe or something." He's like, "I'm gonna go to Absinthe." I go, "Roy, we're gonna drive you home." <laughs> And he's like, all right. And he just like, first offer, he hops in the car. And then the whole ride, he just told us, because he was newly single at the time, how this woman, uh, 30 years younger than him, was trying to seduce him, and he he wasn't into it. He's like, I can't do that. And he's like, laying out all the reasons why he shouldn't sleep with her, but humble bragging. like. But yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, he told us those stories too. Oh, okay. Right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, I guess lastly, to wrap all this up, I just, I mean, we had all these photo boards um, that Danica and her family they were amazing. They did all the food and everything. And I know it's not like an Oscar speech. We have to thank people, but I would have been fucked and we would have been lost if they didn't help prep everything throughout those two weeks man mm-hmm. it was huge and obviously we have a young baby but they they were they were huge um and it was so amazing to look at these massive boards with all these photos of my dad's life and i'm like fuck man i'm like if those photos aren't an indication of like a life well lived like it was fun you know i think he had a, a really fun time and another thing that uh was massive is like I've talked about this already, but Greg and I, you know, we had to go through the house and clean it out. And our cousin Sarah and her boyfriend Andrew and our uh, uncle Jeff and Aunt Nancy, they were there every day that we were there helping us. And there's no way we would have been able to do that with them. Um, and uh, the Champagne Boys, there was a yeah. lot to move out of there, man. And uh, there was, yeah. Actually, Rob at school and I got into a fight with the uh, the, the workers at the dump. <laughs> City workers. We were like five minutes to close, and they said they were closed, and Rob was screaming at them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they had no heart. They wouldn't let us dump. So yeah, I just, you know, it means a lot that uh, people really came together, including all of our friends and everybody that said a kind word on, on Instagram or Facebook or, or anything. They really appreciate it. Um, I think the thing that I'd like to finish on, Greg, unless you have anything else. No, you take it home, buddy. Um, two things. One, like, get your heart checked. Seriously, like it doesn't take long. Go to a doctor. It's not something that we ever talked about. I don't know if my dad went to the doctor often. I don't know, but I think if he did, this could have been avoided. I don't know, but I just think people need to go because it's something that I don't even think about. And 60s, too damn young to uh, pass. Lastly, um, we talked a lot about like my dad um, being hilarious and uh, you know enjoying uh, hanging out with the boys and sort of living a really fun and, and kind of unconventional life, but. The thing that I remember a lot, and I talked about this at the Celebration of Life, is that the last time that we hung out um, was uh, we went for lunch um, just to, like, I think a week, two weeks before he passed away. It was me and Greg and Danica and Winnie, and uh, he came out here to Toronto, and he had a little present for Winnie, and I remember he come come walking up from the bus station with this <laughs> this little bear toy that, like, you press, and it's like, hi, I love you, and then it, like, walks around and shit, but it was so funny because we got it to, to, to 
do it here and it scared the shit out of the cats <laughs> like this cat, the cat scattered and he th- we just were laughing so hard and he was same with the babe but i have this video um that i posted on an insta story back like that day actually in these photos uh, and we were hanging out and uh he's just sitting with winnie and he's got his steak and he's so content you know he's not like it's not shirtless roy at five star at 1 30 in the morning it's like it's opa roy and it, it was like the sweetest sweetest thing and he was always getting on us to like start a little bank account for win because he wanted to put you know a little bit of money in every paycheck and it's like that's like that's his essence that's like how thoughtful he was and that's yeah that's who he was so when i think of him i always i'll think of that last time because it was uh it was the best i think that's how we'll wrap this up and just uh i don't know guys i guess we'll have a drink for uh for roy veerman Let's do it. it. It was a life. Should we throw to the guest? Care top? No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>